Did you see my picture of John Oates I sent you? Yes. And that's a <laughs> fascinating selection of reading. Oh, yes. I've um I've read I'm looking at them right now. I've read all of them, but well, so I'm obviously M- reading the one. The, I'm reading the runaways one, but you knew that already. Is that um M Train or Just Kids? Just Kids, which okay. I loved. I haven't read that one yet. I read M Train and I, loved it. Yeah, I need to read that one. I I did not expect to love Just Kids as much as I did, just because I'd heard how much everybody loved it, and I tend to be right. Like, mm. It was amazing. It's so beautifully written. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, she's brilliant. But What's your dirt, favorite book of all time? The Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> did you just fall out of your chair? <laughs> I just. It was my head hitting the desk. It's my favorite book. I loved it. I don't even like the band. I loved that book. I love that book in such a way I, I can't even tell you. Well, Heidi, what's your favorite book of all time? <laughs> well, depending where I'm at. Let's, no, let's play a game. <laughs> Heidi, what's your favorite book of all time? I will give you the and then you can answer. And then you can ask me. I will tell you that it's a toss-up, which makes it even funnier. It's a toss-up between the dirt... And the road. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Those are my two favorite books of all time. Okay. Well, at least, I mean, the road, I understand. I, I, I get where that's, where that comes from. Yes. The dirt. And who's making that as a film? Is it Netflix? Well, it's taken them too long. They should have made it back when it came out. Because when it came out, there weren't... Like, Behind the Music was new. All that those like right. rock docs were new. So it was pretty, at the time, you hadn't heard all the insanity yet. And I'm not right. saying it was well written. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't love it for its, um, the uh, ghost writers, <laughs> you know. No, there are books that I really like skip. that are a lot of the tawdry stories yes. and something. Um, That's what I loved about it. I couldn't put it down. But I would never say, like, Easy Rider's Raging Bulls, I think, is wonderful and, like, a great uh, trying to encapsulate what happened in the 70s in filmmaking. of course. I would never say that's my favorite book of all time. But see, my, but, but I'm thinking of it only from a capacity of how riveted I was and how much I enjoyed the experience of reading it. I'm not saying it was the greatest book ever written. I'm talking. You do about realize that's how pure... I'm going to edit the edit it though. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know. It's exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> do you want to know what my favorite book of all time is? Of course is? I do. To Kill a Mockingbird. This is why with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Northland is the world's largest miniature railroad. Is that correct? Northland is the largest miniature railroad and model railroad, we call it, and uh, scenic wonderland. Yep. Nothing even close to it. Wow. So tell us how you began Northlands. Well, the brief history is in 1972, my wife and I bought seven acres about a mile from here and uh, built a small house. The basement was uh, for the hobby model trains. Uh, It was designed for that. And then um, after I finished the railroad, after two years, the model railroad in the basement, 
after we had finished the house two years later, uh, I had so many ideas I had to add on to the house. So I added another basement with a cap on top, uh, about one and a half times the size of the house, and that was the second wing. Over the next 18 years, or the total of 18 years in that house, I had added five basements onto the house. And the last basement was five, uh, I'm sorry, three times the size of the uh, regular, uh, the original house. We used to open it two weekends a year to the public. Proceeds went to local charities. I got good at the work and doing it, and people seemed to like my work. So I said to my wife in 1990, let's give this to the world. So we tore the whole thing down, all that work. Uh, we bought this land where Northland is, about a mile away on 202 in Flemington, and uh, built the building and started all over again from what I learned uh, from the old place. So it kind of evolved, you know, the house, the basement, then all the additions. And uh, then we decided to do Northlands. Were you always a train guy? Sure. This is something you're always working on. And- well, as a kid, I had it around the Christmas tree. And uh, what I do, whether it's my music or game design or model railroads and other things, I do with great gusto and passion and all that. That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've got tourists that come from all over to see this wonderland you've built. What type of people generally are your visitors? It's everybody. Uh, 18 months, two-year-olds and three-year-olds. They see it differently than an adult or a teenager would. Uh, We get people that are well over 100 to come here. Almost every country has been here. Uzbekistan and Chile and Peru and Uruguay. It, it appeals to everybody. It's, it's just one of those universally appealing things. Uh, a lot of people call us a wonder of the world. We've had tens of thousands say that, especially the world travelers. Um, the uh, I don't think it is, but a lot of people, it creates that kind of emotion that this has to be a wonder of the world. Uh, it is not a wonder of the world, but I'm just telling you what people say. But it is in the Guinness Book of World Records, correct? It's in the, yes, it is. No, I wasn't trying to go for the record. I had it built with my creativity and my mindset to build. Um, mm-hmm. The um, my imagination made me do what I did. It has nothing to do with records. That's not that wasn't my mission. So when you started building Northlands in 1990, moving it all out of your house, how long did it take you to put everything together? And were you working part time or were you working all the live long day? The the old railroad was not transferred to here. I was able to salvage 4 or 5% of the old railroad. The rest had to be torn down. It was not movable. Uh, once we built the building, that took two years. Um, the inside work was um, four and a half years for all the inside work for the uh, displays. And that's working 18, 19 hours a day, seven days a week, including holidays. Because we went millions wow. in debt and we had to, we really had to get open or else we would have gone bankrupt. So the it had to be done. It had to get done fairly quickly. Sure. And and you built a pipe organ as well, correct? I'm an organist, pianist. Wow. That's so amazing. what did your wife think about all of this? Like you said, you're at a point where you're almost ready to de- declare bankruptcy. Did she stand by you? Was she like... I had an unusually loving wife in the fact that she believed in everything I wanted to do. We've succeeded at a number of businesses throughout our lifetime, and uh, she's the only one that believed in 
my idea for Northlands. I mean, everybody, family, for, I lost friends over it, uh, local community officials. Uh, they said it wouldn't be finished. It's impossible to finish and you'll never finish and you'll have a derelict building and you're going to go bankrupt. I mean, I was told that over and over and over to my face, especially by family and friends. And my wife was the only one that believed in what I wanted to do. And, uh, and it's worked well for us. That's amazing. And I know you've also received the highest honor in the Hindu faith. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, several months before we opened, the second highest Swamiji in the, uh, in the Hindu faith, you know, it's about um, 800 million people around the world. They came here. <clears throat> this is a, a sort of a long-winded story. I'll try to make it short. And I went with him for some reason. We weren't open yet. But one of the inspectors as we were building was Hindu from New Brunswick, New Jersey. And he said, uh, I've got to tell people about this. So the Swamiji came from the big temple in Queens. And um, as he went through, we got to the halfway point. We were three and a half stories up in the air. He said, this is the greatest day in my life. Now, I did not understand what he meant by that. And now, again, there's no show going on. It's just uh, we're nearing completion of the construction on the inside. We weren't open yet. And then he left. He was very appreciative. He had an entourage of about 15 people with him. And that was that. Two or three months after we opened, um, I was called by a Hindu temple in New Jersey. I'm not Indian or, or Hindu. but uh, And they said, the Swamiji wants to honor you in New York at the big que uh, temple in Queens on 56th Street. And I said, for what? He says, he wants to honor you. So we... Um, I said, okay, it was a Saturday night. They sent down a limousine to pick up my wife and I. And uh, we went into New York. They took us to New York, I should say. And on the way there, they're telling us, you don't touch this man. You don't come within a foot or two of him, et cetera, et cetera. And, and your wife should stay a little further away. He's a very special, sacred man and so forth. And um, I said, no problem. And I still didn't understand what was going on. And then... Um, so we get inside the temple, and it was like a, there's no chairs. It was a sea of people. I, I'm estimating 10,000 in this huge, huge temple with, again, no chairs, and this grand altar. So we get inside, and uh, they said that altar, only he and his right-hand man can go onto that altar. It's all gold with all the gold statues and things, and um, he's the only one that can go up there and other things. And remember, you don't touch this man. I said, no problem. <laughs> so after... 15 minutes or so, uh, they finally got to him and said that we were there. And all those people were there for us. It was a very strange thing to me. So he starts over to us, and this these people you know, just spread a big aisleway for him to get through to us. He was on the other side of the uh, this big temple. And he gets to me, and he gives me a bear hug. And the silence <laughs> that went over that place was unbelievable. And then he, he gave my wife a bear hug. And I said, what the heck is going on here? Then he says, follow me. Uh, he had a deep accent, and he takes us onto this gold altar. <laughs> and I said, okay, they're telling me only he can go up there. So after all of that, then we sit down on some platform or something. He's talking in their language, and I had a translator translating what he was saying. And then he gave me this um, certificate and, and a lot of money uh, in, you know, in a check form. And it's called the Monpatra Award. And I didn't know what it was, but he said, this is something special. And um, 
the next day, I had a Hindu medical student working with us here at Northlands, and he said, they basically made you a saint. Oh, and the guys coming back from New York uh, in the limbo said they only give this Manpatra award out once or twice a year, and uh, a, a century, once or twice a century. And the bottom line of all of this, the Hindu faith that God does everything, and we're just his puppets or tools or whatever you want to call us, but it's his all... And this man felt, this Swamiji felt that uh, God dwells over this building, so I was told, more than anywhere else on, the, on, on earth because of all, you know, the creativity that was done in here. And so he, he honored us uh, pretty heavily. And it's a long story, and I'm sure you'll edit most of it out, but uh, it was a weird night for us. And, uh, no, that's an amazing story. That's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> so I think most people they hear the phrase model railroad and they think one thing. And then you look at Northlands and it is something completely different. Can you talk about some of the highlights? Because the numbers are staggering. I sort of stopped when I got to the three-story mountain. Why this hasn't been done before, you know, three-and-a-half-story mountains, uh, and, I mean, everything that's in here, uh, there's, there's certainly a lot of model railroads out there, uh, model railroad clubs and otherwise that are very good. Why somebody hasn't done something on this scope, I, I guess I'm, I don't know why not, but it was in my head to do it. And, you know, it's, it. I mean, there's enough lumber inside this building to build about 42 large houses. Um, it, it, the numbers get staggering, but um, again, I just had to do it. I had all the ideas, I did all the planning and uh, it's why somebody else hasn't done this. I don't know. I guess maybe because I had so much experience on those five basements that uh, I had the confidence to do it. Well, that's something that I think is really interesting for our listeners. We often get this common theme of people who have gone and done something really interesting or un unusual, pursuing a dream. What Obviously, this came to you and you knew this was something you had to do. But what was it within you that gave you the strength to actually say, I'm doing it, other than your wife's support? I don't know. I, I don't know if there's somebody guiding us. I'll never know that. Uh, nobody does. You know, whether it's an angel or an alien or a god or several gods, whatever. Sometimes I don't believe it's me that's thinking of all this stuff and doing all this stuff. I mean, I do it. Um, it's like Somebody up above somewhere, I mean, this sounds crazy maybe, but it, is, uh, it keeps me modest. It, it, just like the Swamiji said, this is God's work here, um, and I'm just a tool. And God did all this. God created all of this, and I'm just a tool. Um, I can't answer any of those questions. It's a spiritual thing that people believe in or don't believe in. I, I can't answer that because I don't know. Because I could wake up, like when I'm designing games, I can wake up in the morning there's a whole new game in my head that I never gave any forethought whatsoever. And there's this whole new game there. Now, where did that come from, you know, through the night? It's, it's kind of weird, but it, it is weird. Everything I've read is sort of ends with you saying, oh, well, wait till you see what we're doing next. We're adding on here. We're building this thing. Do you plan to stop building at any point? Or is this sort of like Sarah Winchester in her house where you're just never going to stop? I got millions of ideas, but... New investments that are coming into here, they, I'm sure they have other plans. So mm -hmm. I, I can't answer that question at all. 
But if you if you had your druthers. Well, I have a whole new wing planned and ready to go, which we, which would be much more spectacular than what's here now because I've learned from this. But I don't think that's going to happen. You know, it's it's like I say, new new monies have come in and they're they're in control. Now, tell us a little bit about the um, the people that are featured. So the the figures. Do you imagine sort of their story and who they are, or are they just placed as part of the just landscape? Yeah, it's just imaginary. There, there's nothing. Had, there's nothing. No inspiration for. You mean the characters sort of in, in Northlands, Grandma and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's just imaginary. A thread of comedy it goes through, or a thread of a story to make it a little more entertaining. You guys should come by. You know, I'm telling you, this inter- this interview and driving by, uh, you have no idea what's really in here. I, oh, I, I believe yes. it. Yes, I absolutely believe it. And next time I get out to that side of the world, I absolutely will. What do people see when they come to Northlands? There's the train. There's the organs that you've built. Can you kind of go over what? What's going on? This is a hard place to describe because it is unique in the world. Um, We have three and a half story mountains throughout the complex. And sometimes you're down below looking up at those mountains. Sometimes you're way up over the mountains and three and a half stories up looking down into the valleys. The tour is almost a mile long inside the building. We run between 40 and 50 trains at at all levels. There's a large city. Um, People think it's New York, but it's not. It's just a large city with skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. Um, people from the West think that they're looking at Grand Can- at the Grand Canyon in some areas. Uh, there's a ton of ton of detail in here. That's what turns on the women and a lot of comedy in here. Um, you, it's an impossible place to describe. You, you just can't do it. People, they come back often. They're trying to bring other people with them, and they can't get across to their friends or neighbors what this place is all about. It's, it's a tough one. So what is your pitch to tell people to come by? You'll love it. it it's a place everybody in the world should see at least once, if not twice. <laughs> really? Well, I feel like you need to see it many times because there's so much detail. You, it's a different experience. Yeah, we got the word out. People will come back and come back many times. And you do birthday parties and other stuff too? Oh, sure. We got facilities for grand birthday parties and wedding receptions, bar mitzvahs in our theater and in our party room. Um, We have the, uh, and and to help people financially, we have family packs on the internet that they can, um, they can get to save, uh, save themselves some money on the entrance fees. We have the outside train ride also. Nice. That's very good. Is there any place that is sort of, I know there's nothing to your magnitude, but is there anyone that sort of your competition or who's sort of scouting out? No, there's a place in Hamburg, Germany, that's very, very well done. They do a lot of mechanical and animation type things, a a boat going down a river, a plane taking off. Um, They don't have the detail or artistry in my mind that we have here, I've had several thousand people have seen both. This is much, much larger, much grander. But what they have there is really good. And anybody in Europe should see that. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess that's the closest thing to this, but it doesn't, it's not on the magnitude of Northlands. 99% of the people, like you go to a museum, any great museum, Metropolitan Museum of Art, or Philadelphia, or this or that all over the world, a certain amount of people will love it and they can't wait to go back. And there's a certain amount of people that will never go back. Northlands is one of those places that it's truly university, universally, um, people love it. No matter, a lot of people would come in with doubts in their minds as to what they're really going to see when they come out. They just go ballistic. Um, a lot of people in their 80s and 90s will say, nothing impresses me anymore. And he says, I am impressed for the first time in 50 years about something, you know, that kind of thing. They, they do love us, big time. Everybody. No, watching the the footage, looking at these photos, I did not realize how insane this place is. Oh, it's it's nuts! Like seriously, yeah. when we I come to New York in the fall, or when I come to Philly, I, I you have to meet. We have to go there. You have to bring your family. We have to go. I mean, you can yeah. go before then, but I feel like we need to go check this place out. No, and I I don't care what he says. I think it's a Winchester House type situation. It is a Winchester House type situation. <laughs> Well, and I hadn't realized that, I mean, once he had five basements, I thought that maybe, like, it was still the original place, but then he built a separate house or something, like, all on the property. But right. I, but though they, like, sacrificed some of it to move it and rebuild it. Yeah. Even that's just insane. Right? It's fascinating. You know, I think, I think of all the... Our show seems to be going down this path of interviewing people with, but come on, oh, really? Whatever, this stuff can't make the cut uh, anyway. <laughs> um, we seem to be tending towards people with a dream, yes. whether or not that is a, a good dream, be it Nina and her raccoon, right? Um, and, and Molly eating as much as she can, and Mark taking his clothes off as often as he can, right? A- and Bruce building a big, as, the biggest transit as we can. It's becoming this interesting... Uh, collection of dreamers yes. or people who just will not hear otherwise. Yes. There is a calling that they must follow their own North Star. Uh, totally. And I love that. Like, I love that. That's why I actually asked him that long, one of my many long-winded questions, which were really bad with the echo. You're um, going to have to get specific. But, <laughs> right. But um, – <laughs> Because that's exactly right. Like, that's what I find it so cool. I love it. I love that we've stumbled into this little world with that. And even like with Jesse, where he's like, why wouldn't you want to just go laugh and have fun? And life's too short. And, you know, it's, I love it. I mean, he didn't even get into his, um, his pipe organ. Right. Which is not a euphemism. No. Like there's an actual pipe organ. There's an actual pipe organ. (laughs) Bruce in particular, I feel like you at least have to give him credit for sticking with it and doing this thing. Like, clearly, everybody thought it was crazy. Right. And I'm trying to think of the which movie is the best uh There are so many. To this. That's, I yeah. kept thinking about all of that. There's so many films, and why aren't they making the movie about him? Which maybe they are. Maybe that's what he's not right. allowed to talk about next. But, I mean, it's so true that the whole story is like we were – we sunk all this money in and we were going to go bankrupt if we didn't open it. And everyone said we were crazy. And now people from almost every country have been here. It's, it's, it's really cool. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. How do they dust it? I wanted to ask how they cleaned it. Oh, that would be a good question. Be sure to follow Why the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our YouTube channel for some additional great Why content. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. The show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our web producer is Tenley Mustonen. Our graphic designer, Samantha Mustonen. The theme song is performed by the Electrosynthomagnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. <laughs>